And this is game changer. Game changers. Game changers. Yeah. Right now, right now, you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say, hi, I'm Eileen Graff, and this is Game Changers with Vicki Eagleson. I'm so excited. <laughs> you do that so good. Thank you. And Eileen knows how to, Eileen is going to give you her beauty all, because she understands the camera. And I that, understand the camera. Do you understand the camera? Well, you know, when you're in drama school, you learn a lot of different things. And one of the best things that Ithaca College did for us many, many years ago, before yeah. lots of schools were doing that, okay. we took a full year of acting for TV. And that's really, really never, it wasn't done back then when we I was in school. We didn't do it when school. I was in school. Yeah. So we learned how to do a commercial, we learned mm -hmm. how to hold a product, <laughs> we learned how to work a camera. And it really was, it was very helpful when the time came. Yeah. And you did, a, you've done, all, you've done stage, you've done theater, you've done TV, you've yeah. done everything. So we're gonna start. We're gonna we're gonna go back because I, I was I was <laughs> yeah that we're gonna go back in time because I was born at a very young age and you were born <laughs> and you also were born into a showbiz family yes which which impacted your future. So your your father was a singer. His name was Jerry Graff, and he was um, he was always in the music business. He was a studio singer. He had a very successful nightclub act in the 50s in Las Vegas. Um, they played the Sands and the Sahara. They opened for Frank Sinatra. Okay, I heard that, that you got to see Sinatra a bunch of times. A bunch the... of times. <gasps> yeah. Wow. Yeah, from the... If Sinatra was in town, mm -hmm. um, my dad... And I was little, like, what, six, seven years old? We would go up to the follow spot booth at the Sands Hotel and sit there like this. Oh my God. And watch Frank Sinatra. And my dad would be saying things like, listen, he's sharp here. Do you hear that? <gasps> no. Do you hear how good that sounds? He would be giving me information as a little kid that I think really sunk in. Really? I think it did. Yeah. Did you understand at six years old what you were seeing? Like, yeah. You did. The I magnitude did. Of, of. I did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, because I was always around it, and we were, um, he was always singing. He wasn't always home. He was on the road a lot. So, like, what kind of gigs would they do that would take them out? Like, what did they do? They played, well, there was a time in America where there, the country was full of very swank nightclubs. Mm. Really swank. People mm -hmm. dressed up. There was Chicago and Houston and New Orleans, every place. Mm. And they would get, his name of his act was the Beachcombers with Natalie and they started out on the Arthur Godfrey show. Oh wow. Yeah, they won talent scouts and then that included um, going on the road with Mr. Godfrey. They were on the radio and wow. and um, and then they got all of these really fabulous bookings all over the country. So um, So your father was successful? Yeah, he made a living. Mm -hmm. He made a living. Yeah. Doing what he loved. Doing what he loved and what he was good at. And then he um, was always a vocal arranger. He did all the vocal arrangements for the group. He did vocal arrangements. He was one of the vocal arrangers on the Nat King Cole TV show. And his group was on, and he contracted the backup singers for Nat Cole. What? How many How many people were in your father's group? There were four of them. Men? Three, Natalie. three men and Natalie, and Natalie, who they met... In Hawaii during the war, my dad was in special services with Carl Reiner and Hal David. Carl, and, uh, is my yeah, publisher. I yeah, love Carl. He's uh, the, it, it was a magical wow. thing. They put on shows in the South Pacific during World War II. 
that was my dad's job during the war. Wow. And um, so they met Natalie as she was Hawaiian, and the guys were uh, in the unit, or he knew them from singing or whatever, mm-hmm. and that was the group. You were saying before we went on the air that in the service, people can have a career in music. Yep, absolutely. So your father's kind of started. Did it start there or before? Well, he was a he. He was oh he always was into music. He played. Did he piano. have a musical family? Well, you know, Jewish families, you're not supposed to do that. Like yeah. my grandmother was very talented. She mm-hmm. played the piano. She sang beautifully, mm-hmm. but that was not permitted mm-hmm. it wasn't permitted she she was a bookkeeper and apparently she used to sneak out during her lunch hour to play piano in the silent movies wow yeah so when my dad came along she decided that he was going to be her musician and she named him Jerome after Jerome Kern Aww. and it's like grandma Frida knew she knew that was the one so he always had music and my mom and dad met in college at Brooklyn College in the music department, they used to play twin grand piano. Wait, your mom's a musician as well? My mom was a musician. She wasn't a professional musician, but she was absolutely a musician. Yeah. Wow. Did she sing? Yeah, she did. She was a choral singer. And do you have siblings? I do. I have two brothers. Uh, my brother Richard is a salesman, and my brother Todd is, uh, he writes and directs movies. He, he's a Tony nominee. Oh, wow. He has been working since he's seven years old. He was on The Electric Company. What? Yeah. Wow. And my cousin Randy is a big Broadway star. Randy Graff won a Tony for City of Angels. Oh, my gosh. And then my cousin Lori was in also another... She also did Grease on Broadway. Randy, Eileen, and Lori, we all did Grease on Broadway. I at, saw you at, with at Sandy. I'm so pleased to hear that. <laughs> and, and, and as am I to have been there, but not as exciting as seeing you and I Love My Wife, which was... I loved Thank that show. You. I mean, I loved Grease. I saw it. I saw it with the first cast and the second cast. Uh-huh. I saw, went back a few times, but I love my wife. You're the, from the original cast. Yeah. Well, that was a game changer. You know, when you have the opportunity to create a role in a show that becomes successful, it just it, it gives you a certain confidence. Mm-hmm. And doing that show made me. It's funny to say this. Made me realize that I belonged in television. <laughs> okay, that is cr- okay. What does that mean? Because All I right, love my wife was kind of a sitcom, mm. a long form sitcom with songs, and the songs were great. I never thought and, of it that and way. I loved my song that I sang, my solo. I love, love, love it. But in that show, I felt I could. What I do is very well suited for TV. And I just kind of knew that that was going to be my next step. It how made how me old realize, were you when you did I Love My Wife? I'm not supposed to talk about that. Okay, you don't have... I was in my 20s. So you were in your, but it, it wasn't the first. You did Promises, Promises first. I did first, Promises, right? Promises was first, right out of college. And then Greece was shortly after that. Okay, so let's talk about how that stuff happened. So so you come from a music, musical family. Your your brother... My baby brother. ...is is yeah. in the business. The, the one who's a salesman, is he musical as well? No, but he's really funny. Oh, okay. <laughs> there you go. That's good. He's really funny. Funny's worth a lot, right, Pete? What's up? Hi, Pete George, back there. Hey! Hello. <laughs> um, so, uh, okay, so, oh, and Sharon Daniels is what? Sharon is a, is, is a, a, a theater person and, and does impressions and everything, and Sharon's watching in Florida right now. Hi, oh, Sharon. Hi, Sharon. And I'm seeing who else we love Florida. Do you? I do. I love, I have a lot of family there, a lot of mm-hmm. friends there. I just love it. I love playing there. We did, um... 
we did concerts at the uh, at the theater in Delray Beach. Mm. There's a wonderful theater, and they bring in like cabaret kind of singers, and you get to do a two act concert. Wow! Oh, it's just so cool. And because mm-hmm. it was Florida, and there's so many people um, of like friends and family, mm-hmm. I mean, we sold out two nights, nice. and it was it was fantastic. And then everybody's like, "I knew your mother. <laughs> I know your father. Your mother was, and your father. It was great. It was fantastic. <laughs> I, I enter in that show. I enter from the back of the house and walk through. Mm-hmm. And whenever I would do the show in Florida at the condos or wherever, some I'd be singing, walking my end, and somebody would grab me by the arm <laughs> while I'm singing and say, I knew your mother. <laughs> but it really makes you feel loved and accepted, like, right off the bat. Mm, that's lovely. Yeah. Okay, so, so you grew up oh, Queens. Queens, yeah. Okay, Queens girls. Queens. Um, when do you know... You know right away. Are you singing as a little tiny? You said at six you're going backstage. Yeah. But when are you singing? I didn't. I started singing, singing, I guess, in high school. Oh, wow. That's late. Yeah. What were you doing till then? What was your passion? I was just being a kid. That's a good thing to be. What did you want to be when you grew up? I didn't know. Okay. I didn't know. Um, so it wasn't about going into the family business. That wasn't the it, thing. Not until college, really. Hmm. Not until I mean, in high school. Well, let me backtrack a little. In high school, I was singing. Um, I was in the folk singing group, and, hmm. and I was singing jingles. I was. My dad was a contractor, oh. a vocal contractor in New York. He hires singers to sing back up on records and jingles and stuff like that. Oh, wow. So I, I was doing studio work oh, wow. as a teenager. Making some money. Making some money into mm-hmm. the unions, which was great. Mm. Um, but not singing live, mm. just in the studios. Mm-hmm. And then um, and in the folk singing group. And then in my high school, Martin Van Buren High School, we only did one show a year. Mm-hmm. And only seniors could be in it. Okay. So I wasn't in my first show till my senior year of high school. And what was the show? That was Once Upon a Mattress. Oh. And that's sort of when I said, I like this. I think I could do this. And so um, when it was time to apply to colleges, I applied places that had drama programs because there was no such thing as musical theater major back then in the 60s. It just didn't exist. So um, when I got to college and you had to declare a major like first day, Mm. there was a very, very long line at the the table where people were going to be speech majors and a much shorter line at the drama major table. <laughs> and I knew I could sing, I was learning how to act, and I said, oh, I'll, I'll be a drama major. <laughs> was it really that arbitrary? It was kind of arbitrary. Wow. It was kind of arbitrary. Okay. I knew I was always gonna sing, because mm-hmm. the singing was one thing I could Did always do. Did you study it? I didn't study voice seriously until I was out of college. Okay. But I had trained my whole life with my dad. Mm. My whole life was about um, singing and pitch and breathing and all that because you learn by doing in that world. So your father was not just a natural. Your father had skills. Oh, he had oh, technique. Mad and... skills. Mm-hmm. Mad skills. He was he wasn't a soloist and he always was putting his own self down, putting his voice mm-hmm. down. And we'd say, "You sing great," but he was more comfortable singing in groups, and he was like one of the best sight singers in the universe. He could read anything, you put anything in front of him and he could read it, no problem. Wow. He was highly skilled, he played piano really well. He was a very so good So he musician. was trained? Yes. Yes, okay. Yeah, very highly trained. 
So, so you start to sing. You do that show in high school. Yeah. You go on to college. You you're a drama major. Yeah. Are are you doing? Do you get to do plays? And do you get to do musicals? What, uh-huh. You do. Yeah. And so, what what do you, what musicals did you do in college? We did. Well, I didn't get roles until mm-hmm. I never didn't get anything. My freshman year or my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Junior year, we did Where's Charlie? Mm-hmm. And I got to play the older lady, mm-hmm. of course, because when you're tall, you play the older character. I used to be tall before I started shrinking with age. Um, and then senior year, there was a, a new chairman of the department mm-hmm. my senior year, and he saw something in me. He was the first teacher, one of the first teachers that saw something in me mm-hmm. and we did gypsy and I got to, mm-hmm. I got a 20 year old mama rose of course but were I got, you really yeah I got <gasps> to be mama rose and oh gypsy oh my gosh and and that was um that was incredible and then I got to do that role again of, oh god it's a long time ago now but I got to do it as an adult wow and and it just made me think back because I have no memory of doing it in college. Really? I don't know what it felt like. I don't mm-hmm. remember what it felt like. But thinking, how did I accomplish this huge. as a 20-year-old? How did I do that? Um, but That's huge. Yeah, it was thrilling. Um, it was thrilling. I'm, I'm, I'm finding us on here so we can talk to people. Pete's going to tell us what, what people are saying and questions and stuff. But I'm, I'm just trying it's to... It's so funny to see yourself on the iPad I know, it, it, from like a few seconds before. I know. It's, it it's, could make you a little nervous. Yeah, don't, don't watch. It's I'm, like when you do the national anthem. I've done the anthem oh. many times at games and in stadiums and stuff. And do you, you hear... get the you get the, 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 what do you call it, the echo back? Yeah, yeah. And... You just you just gotta go through. <laughs> you just gotta say without listening. Without listening, yeah. Wow. Okay, that has to be really hard. Um, but great fun. I'm trying to uh, to get it so we can. This is not going where I want it to go, but that one is because I'm trying so we will be able to say hi to people. Hi, Christina. Hi, Christina. You're getting some love. Oh. Um, so okay, so you're in college. You're doing. You're doing. You you you're learning film as well, yeah. which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Technique there. Okay, you get out of college. What happens? I, we had a summer stock company in our college on Martha's Vineyard. Mm-hmm. So I finally made it into the summer stock company. My after I graduated, everybody else was going right after freshman year and mm-hmm. sophomore. I've been a very late bloomer. Mm-hmm. So I got into the summer stock company on the vineyard, and we're there doing sh- um, like a show a week. It was a lot of work, mm-hmm. and I get a call from my dad, and he said. The understudy to Jill O'Hara, who was the leading lady in Promises, Promises, the understudy is leaving to go do another show, so her job is available. And that job was understudying the leading lady and being a pit singer. We sang backups to the to the song. So while the, the show's show, going live, yeah, you're singing. We're singing from the, or we were part of the band, uh-huh. part of the band. And so that job required you to be able to do the role, play the guitar, and be a real singer-singer so that you've, you you also had to be in the band. So you had to be a singer-singer, like a group singer who could also read, who could be authentic, an authentic backup singer for, for background music. And my dad was very good friends with the conductor of the show. And he said, I think you can do that. And he said, well, I'll get her an audition. So I left the vineyard one day and I said, I'm gonna go audition for a Broadway show. And I went to New York. And I auditioned for the Broadway show, and I was capable of doing all the things. And I go, you played guitar. Yeah, 
I, well, I played guitar like, you know, everybody played folk guitar. Mm -hmm. And um, I went back to the vineyard like the same day so I could go do my show. And a day later, they said, there's a call for you in the box office. And I went in and it was uh, Promises, Promises saying you got the gig. So I left the vineyard and I went to New York and there I was in my first Broadway show. Oh was, my, you're like 22 years old. I was 21 years old. 21 I was 21 years oh old. Oh my God. And to this day, I think it was the best audition I ever did. I had wow. a chance to talk to Artie, who was the um, who, who lives in Florida. <laughs> to, um, uh, I spoke with him recently and I said, is this my memory playing tricks or was that like a really great audition? Mm. Am, I, am I remembering this correctly? He said it was the best audition I ever saw. I said, because it was like a movie. It was, because you're on, back in those days, you auditioned on this stage of the show. You don't do that anymore. There, right. and it was before a matinee. It was before a matinee. So I'm standing on the stage. Only the rehearsal light is on. It was like it was like this I is know, it was like movie. it was like a fifties movie, mm. yeah. and I'm standing there in my little dress. You know, I had a dress, <laughs> and the crew is starting to assemble for the matinee, and I'm singing, and it gets very quiet, and everybody's looking out from the wings, and I sang my song, and I said, "That really happened, right?" And he said, "Yeah, it really happened. You got the job." What did you <laughs> sing? Knowing when to leave, which is one mm. of the one of her big songs from the show. So I went to New York and I learned all the backup parts and I didn't get to go on for almost a year. Oh, wow. <laughs> but it was great. So how, what is that like as an understudy? Well, you're, you're performing a function though every night. Yeah, yeah. So, but what is it like to be in waiting all the time? I mean, is it crazy making? Is it wonderful? What, what, what it, is that? It really wasn't crazy making. Mm -hmm. I, I felt so crazy lucky to have a mm. job doing what I really love to do because I really love singing backup. That's what I love doing. Really? And I'm, I was good at it and and it was a great first job because you're in a Broadway show but you don't have the responsibility. Mm. I knew my stuff. We had a, a great legendary stage manager named Charlie Blackwell. We had understudy rehearsals every week. We were really, really prepared. Wow. And do um, you know the show, The Tap Dance Kid? Did you ever hear that show? I, that sound, I did, never saw oh, okay. it, but well, it he sounds also, familiar. Yeah, he also wrote the book to Tap oh, Dance wow. Kid. He was, he was an amazing guy, and he believed that we needed to be prepared. So I when the that. call finally came, I came into work one day, Wednesday matinee, I went and I got my tuna fish sandwich, and I was <laughs> heading downstairs to where we shared a room with wardrobe, and I'm starting to eat my tuna sandwich, and Charlie says, guess what, you're on today. And I went... Oh my God! Let me call my mother. <laughs> wow! So they managed to get into the city. I don't know how they did that, all the way from Bellrose to, and I and I went oh, upstairs to Jill O'Hara's star dressing room, and I went on. Okay, so what was that for you? That first time that you took the stage? It was great. It was absolutely great. You know, the audiences—they were—they weren't coming to the show. I don't think it's not like. Um, Carol Channing was doing the role. There you go. It's not like you're going to miss Carol Channing. Right. You were going to, I mean, Jill O'Hara was great. Right, right. Oh my right. God, she was fabulous. But I think people came to the show to see the show. Yes, yes. And Jerry Orbach mm -hmm. and all. And so when I came out, they were just really supportive. Oh, that's so nice. And I got 
great applause and I, I felt like they got it you know they understood that I was a kid and I was on and and they were really on my side and of course they didn't know that it was your first time and how, how was Jerry Orbach I love well actually you know I'm lying he oh. wasn't in the show it was Tony oh. Roberts Tony Roberts replaced Jerry Orbach yeah. I saw Tony Roberts in, in um in played against Sam uh -huh. um, with Woody and Diane and uh, wow he was yeah. fantastic. He was I saw, great. He was you know what? I saw him in something musical too. I have to think of what, what that was. Yeah, he was fabulous. He was a he was a wonderful musical comedy star. Yes. You know, he he has he was so strong mm. and and he sang well and he had just wonderful characteristics. You know, he was so lovely on stage. And how was he to you? Like he knew he knew it was your Debut? Did he know? I have no idea if mm. he knew. I have no idea. Was he good to you? Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Years later, I was at a commercial audition. Ed Winter was a very popular Broadway actor and he did a lot, a lot of television. Mm. And I was at uh, a commercial audition and Ed Winter was there and he played the love interest for, you mm -hmm. know, he's having an affair with this young girl, his mm -hmm. character. I'm the young girl, he was the man. And I said, I said, excuse me. I don't know if you remember me, but I understudied Jill O'Hara in Promises, Promises, and we did the show together a few times, and he looked at me and he said, I don't remember you at all. Oh. <laughs> I'm waiting for the big sentimental payoff. I said, that's okay. I said, I understand. Oh but you know, God. that happens to me too. People will come up to me and say, remember, I guessed it on Mr. Belvedere, and I go, so nice to see you again. <laughs> but see, but that's the difference. Is that you? Yeah, but you're gracious and lovely, and don't make the person feel like an idiot. It was so funny. I don't remember you at all. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. like that. That's actually very funny. And it was funny. Okay, so promises, promises. So, so after you did it on Broadway, you you toured. Mm -hmm. You you yeah. went. Okay, so what is that like when you're hitting America and you're coming into town and yeah. you're being the star for the for the week for the week. It, is it a hard life? It was. It was hard. I, I think I would do better, oddly enough, I think I would do better at it now than mm. I did then because wow. then I missed my boyfriend, I missed mm. New York, I mm. missed my mother. You know, I missed my so you, life. So you were in ingratitude for, oh my God, I get to do this? or Always in gratitude for doing okay. the work. Okay. Always, always. Oh my, mm -hmm. I got to go out and sing all those songs. I got to sing I'll Never Fall in Love Again yeah. and eight times a week. I mean, it was great. That mm. part was great. It's the other part. Mm -hmm. You know, when you're on the road. And I think as a mature person, I would figure out how to make it work. Mm. I, I used to sit in my hotel room and mope. Oh, wow. And now I would go out and I would see everything every place had to offer. Mm. I'd do master classes. I would, I would do what my friends do now when they're on the I road. See. They really take advantage of it. You know, they find every opportunity that every town has to offer. It's also easier now because there's internet. It's easy to know what's going on everywhere. That's true. And yeah. we have cell phones yeah. and we can communicate. We yeah. can FaceTime back home. It's yeah. not the same it's not kind the of same. loneliness. No, it's not the same. Okay, so you did, you did that for quite a while. How long did you Nine do that? Nine months on the road. Okay, that's yeah. a long time. It was, it was enough. So what happens after Promises, Promises? Um, mm -hmm. I came back to New York and don't tell me you walked right into Greece because you're going to make me crazy. A couple of months. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How did that happen? My boyfriend at the time was one of the guitar players in Greece, mm -hmm. and I knew everybody because mm -hmm. I was, I just, you know, mm -hmm. I knew everybody. Right. And um, they had auditions for Sandy, and um, I said, who can I audition? And Louis St. Louis was the musical director. We were friends 
And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, you have to come and audition. So I auditioned, and I had a would call you, Would you sing for that? Do you remember? No. Okay. That's a really good question. Mm -hmm. I have no idea what I sang for mm -hmm. my Grease audition. Not a clue. Okay. Not a clue. I remember the dance call, however. Was it, were any of the original <laughs> cast still in it? Yeah, you pretty much. I mean, yeah, Barry Bostwick and... Um, I mean, everybody was there except for Adrienne had just mm -hmm. left to go do Maud, mm -hmm. Adrienne Barbeau, oh, well. mm -hmm. and who else had left? Um, the original um, Marty had left mm -hmm. to go do something else, um, but pretty much it was, it was mostly the originals, wow. uh -huh. yeah, because it was um, less lot. than a year. Mm -hmm. They'd opened in February. I came in in December, I think. Mm -hmm. So it was less than a year from from when it started. So I had an audition and a. I don't even know if I had a callback. I had a callback. We had to do a little movement call because mm -hmm. Sandy doesn't dance. So I didn't, didn't have to do anything. Yeah, they 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 beef that up for the movie. Yeah. And now all the productions, the subsequent productions, Sandy dances. But oh, the original really? one, there's no dance. I'm I'm really? I'm, I'm none. You skip around. I can't even remember. You skip around in um, the lunchroom song in Summer Nights. Uh -huh. There's a little skipping. And then there's a little something and all choked up, but there's really nothing. There's no dance at all. Hand jive. I don't do, she doesn't do the hand jive. She doesn't do no, the because that's at the prom. It's raining on prom night. She doesn't it's go raining to the prom. On prom night. No, she doesn't that's... go. She doesn't go to the prom, so, so I never. She doesn't get to hand jive. Okay. I do it in my in my concerts. <laughs> make the audience do it. It's amazing how many people know, know how, how, how to do the hand jive. Yeah. They stand up. Like, oh. So okay, so so you get that role. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a life changer right there. Well, I'll tell you, the friends that we made, I mean, the Greasers are a very tight group of people, mm -hmm. and we're still good friends, mm -hmm. and we still try to see each other somewhat regularly. My two girlfriends from Greece, we get together at least on our birthdays, and Aww. usually, and several times in addition during the year. Are they out here now? Uh-huh, mm -hmm. yeah. I've, almost all of us are out here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. So the, it's the friendships that really, um, that were formed. Because for a lot of people, it was either their first show or their second show. We were really young. Well, because it's, it's kids, right? And we it's were high playing school. kids. We were right. playing high school kids. So right. for a lot of us, our Greece friends supplanted our real high school and college friends. Mm -hmm. So that was, it was great. They were great. It's so talented. So incredibly talented. And it had to be a fun show to do because it's just a ridiculously fun show in every way. Absolutely. It was so much fun. I mean, you're playing a kid. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you're playing a kid. And there's a certain amount of pranking that would go on mm -hmm. and hijinks. And, um, and the audience loved the show so much. Mm -hmm. We had people that came back hundreds of times. I saw it at least three times, four times on Broadway, yeah. It was pretty wonderful. We had a cab driver mm -hmm. whose name escapes me right now. He used to come to the show all the time. Aww. And he always liked to sit in the front row. And then he would take us home. Oh. He would take us home. Aww. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> That's so sweet. Okay, so so you do that for two... Two and a half years. For yeah. two and a half years. Yeah. And why do you not do that anymore? Why do you stop doing that? Because I got another show. What'd you get? It's a show that you'll never have heard of, nor will anybody have ever heard of it. Okay. Aside for a few die-hard musical theater buffs, it was a show called Truckload. 
it, we closed before we opened. Okay. We closed in previews. Um, it was uh, by Louis St. Louis, wrote the, wrote the songs, who was our musical director in Greece, mm -hmm. and um, book by Hugh Wheeler, who wrote the book The Candide, mm -hmm. and we did the most amazing backwards auditions. The singers were incredible, the songs were great, and we go into, and Dick Clark was one of our producers. Wow. I mean, it was, it was. Destined for great. Destined for greatness. Mm -hmm. But um, while we were in previews, and there were problems, you know, there's always problems. Mm -hmm. This didn't work out, that wasn't right, mm -hmm. the sound stunk, you know, it was mm -hmm. like a lot of stuff. Mm -hmm. And while we're, we were in previews, there was going to be a newspaper strike. And they decided that they were gonna cut their losses and they gathered us all in this little room and said, we're closing. Oh, and you had left Greece. I quit my job. Oh. <laughs> but it, it to, and I would say to this day, it was my most heartbreaking show business moment. Mm -hmm. And you would think with all the stuff, all the shows that were canceled and all the pilots that didn't make it, and all the projects that fell through, I, that was the heartbreaker. Because you loved it so much? I loved it so much. And did it ever get, it never saw the light of day? Never saw the light of day. And mm. I keep thinking if we could do like a concert version of it and just do the songs like we did them mm. at the backers auditions. Wow. It would be great. But, you know, there you go. That's the way it goes. Okay, so that happens. You've, you've given up your job. Now this job. happens. What yeah. happens next? Um, I did other shows. I did cabaret in Paramus, New Jersey, and I did industrial. Sally Bowles, of course. Yes, and I did mm -hmm. industrial shows, mm -hmm. and I did, I don't know. You Are you always working? Are you always uh, making a living? Yeah. That's pretty wonderful. Yeah. Okay. And I, I mentioned to you before the show that I heard you on another podcast today where you were saying, why don't you tell us, that, that, <laughs> grow, that growing up you were only around people who worked, that you were around people who were successful. Yeah. And, and in my in my career, I mean, we're, you're in Greece with a bunch of kids, mm -hmm. and but everybody's working. So I didn't I didn't have a lot of experience with not working, and my friends didn't have a lot of experience with not working. So it was like the expectation: I'm going to work. I'm going to work. Mm -hmm. And and the whole Broadway world was a much smaller world back then. Mm -hmm. So if you were, I just also did like a billion commercials. So oh. if you were in a Broadway show, mm -hmm. like if you were in Greece mm -hmm. and you were auditioning for commercials, they loved having people who were in shows oh, in their yeah. commercial. Oh, they yeah. could bring the client, that's going to be the girl who's selling the soap. Or, you know, so it, it, it I was all, I always made a living, always, always. So I did all those other jobs and I was always doing commercials all the way through. And so then, then you're making real money. I made money. Yeah. I made some money. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mm -hmm. saved it all. Did you? Mm -hmm. Save <laughs> your money because you never know when it's going to be over. Oh. And it's always over. But it hasn't been over for you. It's, it hasn't <laughs> been over for you. You work, you work, you work, you work. Um, so, okay, so you... So then I did all those... I did, and then I did Annie Get Your Gun. Mm -hmm in Elmsford, New York, at the Elmsford Dinner Theater, which is still in business as the Broadway Dinner Theater, I think they're, it's called, whatever. Mm -hmm. But it was not that far from Manhattan. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people would go up there to see, check it out, see what was wow. going on. So I did Annie and Annie Get Your Gun at the Dinner Theater, and it made people interested in me again. 
and um, and then I love my wife came. How did that happen? Uh, I mean, because that's that's a really pivotal moment yeah. in your career. Originating a role on Broadway role. is yeah, it was a big hoo ha. Um, I just auditioned. I auditioned. Do you remember what you? I did? sang cabaret. Okay, there you go. And my husband was playing for me. Oh, were you already? We were already married. And Cy Coleman, who mm -hmm. wrote the song, wrote the music. I sang it in a key, and Cy comes down and he says, "Can you try it in this key?" Try. It. <laughs> and my husband says, "Who's auditioning here?" <laughs> Because wow. he's like trying to audition, uh, dress pose on site. Mm. So I think it was like one audition, one callback, and that was. I think it was one of those, the best jobs. You've probably found this too, and Pete, you've probably found this too. The jobs that are the easiest to get are usually the best jobs. Everything in life, the right? relationships that are the easy, everything yeah. in life, the easiest is the best. Because you yeah. walked in and you ticked a box. Yeah. Yeah, I can't and wait for my third marriage. <laughs> Um, hip. Uh, so, so wait, before we get into I Love My Wife, tell, tell us how you met your husband and what, because you have a working relationship as well. Well, he was um, playing the piano and he was um, music, you know, conducting half the shows. He was like the, the second the second guy. So Lewis was a music director. And ben, on Greece. On Greece. Uh -huh. So that's how I met. But funny thing about Ben, you know, he was a studio player, he's an arranger, and Ben and my brother, my brother Todd, who's mm -hmm. my brother who's in show business, had worked together when my brother was like seven years old. What? They did, because um, my brother was a, a child studio singer, and Ben was a player, and they were, on, they were on a job together. And Todd remembered Ben, and he said, you remember that date for Ann Phillips, and there was a kid, and, and Ben said, I do remember that. He said, I was the kid. And my brother had a cassette of the song that they did together. And he played it. And we all just started howling, laughing. Because wow. that, my husband has a very distinct style. Mm. There's Ben playing. And there's my brother singing in a tiny little boy voice. But it was my brother. And my, oh, my God. This this is, these family. Bechert. This family is, well, Bashert. Bashert, for so, those of you who don't know. Meant to be. Meant to be. Meant to be. So, my, I knew that Ben grew up in East New York, Brooklyn, mm -hmm. and my family, my dad's family, is from East New York, Brooklyn. So I knew that we were from the same neighborhood. Mm -hmm. And one day, Ben and my dad were talking at a party. We're in East New York. Oh, where'd you go to school? They went to the same elementary school. They had the same teachers. My oh, dad God. had them with their maiden name. Ben had them with their married name. We're in East New York. Wyona Street. Wyona Street, they lived on the same street. Oh, well, you're no, giving me goosebumps Vermont, now. Vermont Avenue. Where on Vermont Avenue? Number 34. They lived in the same house. My, dad, Stop my it. dad's family lost the house in the Depression that my husband's family eventually bought. They're from the, we're from the same house. Okay, that is... It's a little woo-woo. Oh, my. It's a little woo-woo. But, wow. you know, you meet somebody and you sort of feel comfortable with them. How much later did you find that out? Uh, I think it was sort of like right before we got married. Right before we got married. And it was just, wow. That's crazy. And when, when my grandmother mm. met um, my mother-in-law, 
they they said, oh, I remember you from the neighborhood. I remember you from the neighborhood. They didn't know each other. Right. They lived in different worlds, different circles. But uh, they knew the, the Schneiderman's was the drugstore. And, you know, I mean, it was all the same. So that, that was pretty cool. Yeah. Okay, so you guys meet during Greece. Right. How long until oh, you get married? We got married um, years later. We When I was doing I Love My Wife, um, I Love My Wife opened in 77 in April, and we decided to get married. So we got married in August of 77, mm-hmm. and that's when my husband got the first call to come to L.A. to write music for Happy Days. Our friend Charlie Fox, who wrote the song Happy Days and many other theme songs, Happy Days was looking for a composer, so he recommended Ben, and it was at exactly the same time that the wedding was going to be, so he said, I just, I can't do it. She just opened her show. You know, there's still stuff going on. We just can't go. So Charlie said, okay. So it's like, oh my God, is this an opportunity lost? And then the next year, Charlie called again and said, we're still looking for somebody. Do you want to? And Ben looked at me and he said, your show's been open a year. You didn't win a Tony Award. <laughs> now it's just a job. Should we go? So we went, and he, he came first, and he started working right away, and he didn't have a day off for, I don't know how many years, years, oh, and, years wow. and years of writing. And I gave my notice after the show had been running about a year, and um, we came out and never left. No looking well, back. we kind of... Did you, you didn't do Broadway after that? You never went back? Yeah. No. Okay, so how did you... Pete, you have a question for us? Riley? Would you like a question? Sure. <laughs> I, you, you looked like you had one to ask. God, so. I haven't talked this much in my whole life. <laughs> no. Everybody that knows me will say, I could sit in a room full of people for hours and never say a word. Oh, you're <laughs> fabulous. You, you, you're you're I'm very... Not from, I'm not usually Good. from this the is, talkers. This is multiple part then. Oh, God. Okay. Laura Frost. Okay, uh, let me see. How long have you been involved in Waitress the Musical? Never. What? Never. Just, no, what they're asking. What was but your question? daughter? Maybe well, yeah, she's thinking about Samantha your daughter. Samantha saying and thinking about okay, your so daughter. Okay, so what was the question that Gary? Co- oh, that was a Mr. Belvedere question. We're not up to Mr. Belvedere yet. Does anybody have any theater questions before we get well, to TV? Well, let's see. Um, let's see if we're in theater. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You don't want to get to the other one yet. No, I don't want to do um, Sandy Hilbert. Could you name some organizations you were a part of? Like nonprofits and things. Um, I'm. I'm very, very active with the Actors Fund, mm. which is a nonprofit social services organization that helps everybody in the entertainment industry. So no matter what you do, actor, writer, mm. producer, director, curtain puller, oh. dresser, uh, accountant in the box office, whatever you do, if it's in comedians, mm. for sure, composers, casting directors, Anybody who's an entertainment professional, mm-hmm. starting from age nine to death, mm-hmm. we are there for you. So if you need anything, um, help finding housing, health insurance, our, our goal is to provide stability for artists and others in the entertainment industry, which can be so volatile, mm-hmm. where we need to find uh, affordable housing. So any any so um, twelve step programs, mm. financial advice. Um, uh, there are so many classes and courses that we have help you find a sideline job. Well, so know. what 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 does a person have to do to qualify for this help? You just have to be an entertainment professional, and they don't have to be a part of 
a specific association. Mm -mm. You just have to prove that you, I think there might be an income thing, Mm -hmm. like you have to say you've made X number of dollars over the past couple of years, Mm -hmm. because we understand one of the things that we understand the most is this, the Mm -hmm. nature of the business. Mm -hmm. You could be making 300,000 one year and the next year you could be making nothing. Mm -hmm. So we understand that. Mm -hmm. So your income requirement, I think, I believe, I hope I'm not giving bad information, is averaged Mm -hmm. over a certain amount of years. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so I'm on the, I'm the co-vice chair of the Western Council of the Actors Fund. Um, What, What brought you to that? Um, I probably working on some of the big concerts that we used to do. I was invited to perform. Actress Fund used to do these really fancy, big all-star benefits. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was invited to perform. My husband was music director for a couple of them. And once you get involved and see what happens, Mm -hmm. it's very seductive. Mm -hmm. And you say, I don't want to just sing on a concert. I can sing on a concert anytime, anyplace, for anything. I said, what you guys do is what's really interesting to Mm. me and um, we're actually having our big gala fundraiser this sunday at the the skirball center this sunday is the tony awards and we get the only live feed of tony awards on the west coast wow and um and we honor somebody every year this year we're honoring lily toblin so she'll be there and her gang is going to be there and um, it's a fabulous, you know, it's a, it's a banquet. We have tables, mm-hmm. we have dinner, we have a silent auction, we have entertainment, it's the whole thing. And it's so warm and friendly because mm-hmm. you go when you, we all go to dinners, right? You go to all these dinners during the year and you never know anybody. This one, you know people, mm-hmm. and it's all the theater nerds like you, mm-hmm. and, it's, and that's where we, we raise a, a, a whole bunch of our money. So that's this Sunday. If you're interested, just go to actorsfund.org and click through, and you'll be able to find links to buy tickets. Sunday. I'll, I'll put it in yeah. the in the notes for this, so people yeah. can find it. How wonderful! Yeah, it's cool. It's do a great you, party. And so, you help, or what, what do you? Well, our our Western Council is very much an advisory board. We mm-hmm. say this is. You know, we think that it would be cool if we could do this, or here's a great idea for a project that we think will raise some money. Or, uh, for example, I have a meeting tomorrow at the Actors Fund because a friend and I are thinking about starting a book club for the seniors group. So we're going to have a meeting and we're going to talk about it. How would that work and and all of that? And uh, so it's it's very um, uh, whatever the word is uh, accommodating to ideas like mm-hmm. if you have a great idea that you think would be good for the membership of the fund you can just go in and say have you ever thought about this or, or i'd love to work on the tony party committee or mm-hmm. i i know rich people let me be on the development <laughs> committee or um i'm involved with a part of the actress fund called looking ahead which is for young performers age 9 through 18 who are our most vulnerable members mm-hmm. of the entertainment community so looking ahead is phenomenal part of the Actors Fund. A lot of these kids are homeschooled, so they don't have outside friends, right. and they're in a world dominated by adults, and they have to be adults on the set, and they don't have a lot of opportunity to be kids. Mm. So Looking Ahead provides educational counseling, financial counseling, and tons of community service. Wow. We, we really believe that they have to learn how to give back. 
Great. I'm loving all of this. Yeah. Okay, so let's get back to you. So, so you move out west. Yeah. Your husband's working on Happy Days. Yeah. Hi, Anson and Donnie, and uh, <laughs> and Lynn Stewart. Uh, and uh, where are you? Where's your career? You've <laughs> given up the broad. You've given yeah. up Broadway. Yeah. Uh, you, your commercial contacts, I'm guessing, are there. It's over. It's over. It's over. All right, it's over. So yeah. you come out here. You're a wife. I came out, um, but my agent, my New York agent, had an affiliation with an agency here. Okay. So I go in to meet the agent, and I say, I'm Legit? here. A TV film oh, agent, okay. regular, mm -hmm. regular agency. Mm -hmm. I said, I'm here, and let's do something. So they started sending me out on calls, and I just started working pretty much right away. What, what was your first gig in L.A.? Do you remember? Barnaby Jones. Oh, nice. A two-parter on Barnaby Jones. <laughs> nice. Yeah. It was great. It was like, here I am. And that's where I met Lee Merriweather, mm -hmm. who's like the nicest woman that ever had two oh. feet. You, you should talk to Lee. Really? I would oh, love my, to. God, she's Miss America. She's gorgeous. She's gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, that was cool. It was really fun. And... Um, and then I really don't remember in order what happened. But after you did that. A ha you did Happy Days. No, I never did a Happy Days. Oh, I thought you did a Happy Days. I did Laverne and Shirley and Mork and Mindy. But I never did. I never did a Happy Days. My husband wrote tons of music for Love Boat. Uh, never did a Love Boat. Wow. All right. So Mork and Mindy. So what was that situation like with that wonderful maniac Robin Williams? What was that set like? It was great. It oh. was great. It was comedy masterclass, mm -hmm. and he was very sweet, mm -hmm. really nice, really um, professional. You know, like totally there for you. Mm -hmm. Just you know, when you have a scene partner mm -hmm. who's really there for you. Mm -hmm. I loved him, and I did th three four. More, no, I did three more committees. Oh, I did okay. a. a um, it's on your IMDb is all wrong about everything. Uh, well, you know. <laughs> could be bad. No, yeah. I did I did a Mork and Mindy and then I did a two-parter. There was a two-parter, Mork and Mindy. Um, Joe Regalbuto and I played aliens from another <laughs> planet. Um, we Not were, so strange on that show. Yeah, we were robots. Mm -hmm. Robot aliens <laughs> and it was so much fun and we destroyed the set. Wow. Totally, it was like, you know, one of those things where you go, mm, and the whole set is just, <laughs> it was fantastic. It was just great. And it was supposed to be the last show of that season, because mm -hmm. they wrecked the set, and that was going to be it. They were going to wrap, but that was fine. Then the schedule changed, so we did our two-parter, wrecked the set, and then they had to do a whole other episode, so oh. they had to put everything all back together. Oh yeah. my gosh. But watching Robin Williams and Jonathan Winters interact oh. was really fascinating. Fascinating. Did and they have comedic? They had to have comedic shorthand between them. It was like lightning. I mean, mm. you know, it was a comedic. I mean, so fast, so mm. fast. I couldn't follow the jokes. I couldn't follow it. We're all sitting at a table, and you're just like, like a tennis match. Like just, I don't, there was no time to laugh. Wow. Because it was all so fast, and yet when it was, when the director said action. That was it. They were they were in character. They were ready to work. Ready they were they weren't improvising during. Not a lot. Uh huh. Not a lot. Maybe a little. Mm hmm. And there were times when Robin, kind of is where, to the best of my recollection, mm -hmm. 
which isn't always dependable. <laughs> There'd be a little riffing time mm. where they knew he would start riffing on something. Mm -hmm. But as a professional, I believe he also knew you got you know mm -hmm. the, the show was twenty two minutes long. Right. You can't go on too long. It's right. Like, so you you do what you you do what you have to do. That's wow. great. It was great. How about on the Vernon Shirley? You Garrett was Gary Marshall on the set that day. Did you get to meet Gary? And I don't remember him being around. the The episode I did of Mork and Mindy was one of the very first things that Penny ever directed. Mm. So it was it was great. It was a really wacky show. It was mostly with Lenny and Squiggy. Mm -hmm. It was um, Lenny and Squiggy go on the dating game. So Jim. I just forgot his last name. It's terrible. The real guy who hosted the dating game. Oh, Jim Lang. Thank you. Oh God, I feel yeah. so much better now. No, normally Jim I Lang. Would, they yeah. recreated the set. I was oh. the girl. I oh, played right. a lot of the girl. the blonde <laughs> bombshell girls. I did that. I did a lot of that. Uh huh. Believe it or not. And so oh, I was stop. the girl in a gold lame mini dress. Oh. <laughs> and um, Lenny and Squiggy are the contestants, mm -hmm. and Penny was the director, and. It was hilarious. It was it, it was so much, 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 much fun. Mm. It was great, and she was good. She, she was, was a, she, she was an amazing good. director. Yeah. She'd pull me aside and she'd say, "If you wait a beat before you say this line, you're gonna get a big laugh." <laughs> That's a good impression. I did what I did. Everything she told me to do. But who am I to argue with this woman? Just I was there to learn. You know, tell me, tell me, tell me. Good all for you. Oh, yeah, come on. Tell me all the comedy things. Well, it starts with you listening to your father, which not every oh. daughter listens mm. to their father. So that right there, the fact yeah. that you musically, absorbed. absolutely, mm -hmm. there was uh, musically. I always listened to my father. Maybe not other things so mm. much, but <laughs> so it, it, your relationship with your husband, since you're both artists and you've worked together, and and how how's your how's your artistic collaboration, your 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 personal collaborations lasted a very long time. Mm. Is 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 Creatively, is it as in flow for you guys? Yes. Yeah, we see, we see pretty much eye to eye. Um, mm. We'll always <laughs> laugh. We disagree about tempos. He always likes things faster. Mm. I usually like them slower. Mm -hmm. um, but we we both like being super creative. We we don't like doing songs like everybody else does. We're really into reinterpretations and he's a What's brilliant What's the name of your class? Making the song your own vocal there. performance workshop. Which the, well, I'll put a link to that as well. Yeah. Which there you go. And and I believe in that. I mean mm -hmm. and, and I tell my students, I don't I'm not I don't you can't copy Barbara Streisand. You just can't. Unless you're, and what's the point? And even Rosie doesn't and at Ross all. She's got her completely own thing. Absolutely. I mean, she's got the voice that she sounds like her, but she's got her own thing yeah. completely. Yeah. yeah, It's much more interesting. I tell mm -hmm. them I'm not. I'm not. You. I find you as my students mm -hmm. so much more interesting than Celine Dion. I don't know Celine Dion. <laughs> I respect her, but I don't love her. I don't know her. Mm -hmm. You, you're interesting. What are you? What's your personal story that you're going to bring to this song? So, um, and, and I love that also that you were saying that you have to know your students, or they have to come through somebody mm -hmm. that you know. Mm -hmm. Do people audition for you before they? No, I get a sense of who they are. Will you take somebody that doesn't have a, a like a a ready voice? Like, yeah, mm -hmm. sure. I I think that. The kind of workshop that I do is, 
I believe in oh God, and I'm the least woo-woo person you ever want to meet. <laughs> I don't believe in anything. I don't believe in ESP. I don't believe in ghosts or angels. None of that. I believe in all of those things. Everybody else does, but me. It's not always easy being me. But I believe that music builds community, mm -hmm. and that's part of what we do. I believe in the social aspect of the class, and I believe in the friendships that people make, mm -hmm. and I believe that all of that makes you a more interesting performer. Mm -hmm. So um, I have students with varying experience and varying abilities, and they all learn from each other. They support each other. It's a team. It's like mm -hmm. you know, it's like little league. It's. it's I have it's a writers' workshop, thing. and it's the same. I'm sure. The same kind I'm of thing. I'm sure it's exactly the same. Some so, people are gifted to write, and what they do is great. And you just have to tweak a little here, tweak a little there, and then other people um, want much more. They want to learn more. They want to. Does everybody come in with the song they want to make their own, or do you help people find that song? How does that work? Both. Mm -hmm. Both. Some people really know what they want to sing. They bring in their song. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes I say no. Mostly I say yes. Um, for You will know if a song is absolutely wrong for somebody, yeah. and you, you direct them somewhere else. Yeah. And there's also a distinction between a great record and a great song. Ah, so can you, you have, give us an example of something uh, that's a great record and not uh, a great song? Yeah, uh, let's let's go back many many years. Okay. A song that was an earworm for just forever, mm -hmm. "Funky Town." Remember that record? Funky Town. It was a great record. Oh it's my not God! A great song. It's an, what's the song? Let me take <laughs> you to Funky Town. I can, we can't do more than a certain number of seconds. <laughs> So you have to learn to take away the production mm -hmm. and listen to the song, mm -hmm. and that's challenging. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes people will bring something in, and I go, just think for a second, are you loving the record? I love that record. Mm -hmm. Let's extract the song. What's on the sheet music? Mm -hmm. And then they'll see it's like four notes over and over and over and over again, and there's not much you can do with that. Mm -hmm. Or a lyric that doesn't really tell a story. Mm. So, yeah. You know what I find interesting? People, sing, perform, singers who have great instruments, but they don't tell the story. So is part of your training getting them to, t I'm, I'm assuming, it's getting them to tell the story. That's, that's everything. It's everything, It's right? everything. We spend a... Because if you sing from the kishkas... You, yeah, you have to, I have my students, and because I come from music, the, the music part of it is also very important to me, and the vocal technique is important to me. I'm not a voice teacher, so I don't go too deeply into vocal technique. Okay, I want to hear about this. So you're not really, you're focusing on the song. On performance. But I do spend a certain amount of time on vocal technique. But voice teachers get advanced degrees in teaching voice. They know okay. the physiology. They know what your soft palate does. They know what your larynx does. They know what your reson—you know—the resonators mm -hmm. do. I know that stuff only by experience, hmm. and I never present myself as something I'm not. I, I'm so not what might agent. what might a session be like in class? Yeah. Okay. Um, because for those of you out there who are interested. You have to get to know Eileen first before you can take her <laughs> class. But you know, oh, maybe true. I can introduce you. <laughs> well, everybody performs every week, but we go through um, 
kind of a curriculum that we've worked out over the years mm-hmm. where you, you pay, do it with your husband yeah. Uh-huh. yeah oh yeah I couldn't I could never afford to do this without him <laughs> I don't charge enough money <laughs> this is community this is our community service mm-hmm. to a great degree we know that we've been really really lucky in this mm-hmm. business we feel that between us we have over a hundred years of experience in show business wow so and and we kind of know what we're doing mm-hmm. and and we just love giving back but that all that to aside um, you pick a song, we pick a key, I say yes to the song finally, and then um, we, there's a process. So the, the first week you have to read your lyrics as a monologue without wow. any, um, music. You without music, without following the rhyme scheme, without wow. following the rhythms, it's really hard, but that's the way you get to the kernel of truth of the story wow that's how you follow the samantha story. are you listening to this yeah. i love this it's really important it's a it's that's a it wonderful really exercise. brings you back to the story that you're telling mm-hmm. and then the next exercise that we do is everybody has to bring in a story from their own life that somehow reflects the story in the song and it doesn't have to be literal mm-hmm. um, the example i often give is um uh, happy birthday. Okay. So I'm sure everybody would have some sort of personal memory of happy birthday. So I say, like when my daughter was seven and we had her birthday party at the gymnastics place, and there were this all these little kids sitting around the mat, and they brought out the cake, and everybody sang happy birthday. And when I hear happy birthday, I think about what an amazing day that was and how much I love being a mom and how great it is to see all these healthy, wonderful children. So that's my personal story about Happy Birthday. Mm -hmm. And we get a lot of stories about bad breakups Mm. and how I met my husband or why doesn't she love me anymore, you know. Mm -hmm. But everybody's got a story. Mm -hmm. And it's great if you have a personal story that somehow the lyrics of the song bring back a memory or a story from your own life because then I know that you've got an emotional well to draw from when we're working on the song. I love that. Yeah, it gives you a tool. Mm. You know, we need these tools, we need these techniques so that so that you're going to a real place. You go yes, you yeah. have to go to a real place. Mm-hmm. You don't have to, but it helps. It helps. Mm-hmm. And as professionals, we have a shorthand you know, and they say to me, do you do that for all your songs? I say, kind of, sort of, mm. but I do it fast. Right. I don't have to work on it for four weeks or mm. five weeks. Mm-hmm. I can look at it and go, oh, yeah, I know that story. And, uh, yep, 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 okay, I got it. Mm-hmm. And that's oftentimes the difference, as I'm sure you know, the difference between a professional and somebody that doesn't do it all the time is the speed at which you can work and the speed at which you can get stuff done. Mm-hmm. But I love the process of seeing them, and I love when people have that aha moment, Mm -hmm. when they go, oh, I see. So this line of lyrics is pretty much telling the same story as that when I was telling you this story. So when I'm seeing this line of lyrics, if I remember back to my story, it's going to be very real. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So it's cool. So you watch it unfold, and you watch, you watch it, it unfold. And you watch it unfold. And I'm sure all the teachers, and, and in anything, whether you're teaching math, when a kid finally understands that this means three, and the word three means this, 
You know, there's got to be that same kind of moment. Mm -hmm. That never really happened for me past three. Mm -hmm. I don't really do very well with numbers. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's my speech about that. No, I love that. And, and I think that's really valuable for anybody out there who's doing any kind of art, actually. I mean, it's the same thing with writing. Yeah. It's yeah, that same kind of connecting. So a lot, you're getting a lot of love. People are, are, are loving up big time over the Karen. Madeline's out there. Hi, Hi Karen. Karen. <laughs> We're going to say hello to everybody and go through questions in, in a couple minutes. I just, I want to get to how, okay, so you're doing these guest spots. Right, how right, do right. You get, How does Mr. Belvedere happen? I mean, because well, that's... That, that's every, that was everything. Mm -hmm. So back in the olden days, <laughs> when you had an audition for a show, they used to have people that delivered scripts to your door. Wow. Back in the olden days. It was a somebody's job. Wow. And there were messenger people, and they drove around, and they delivered scripts. Hmm. So the script came to my door for this audition I was going to have, and Ben and I read the script, and my husband says to me, oh, that's your job. I said, it is? He said, don't even worry about it. That's your job. Wow. So I went in, and I had an audition, and it went well, and I had a callback, and then, and it was one of those things, Easy, right? The best right? jobs are the easiest mm -hmm. jobs. I had an audition, I had a call back in the office. Then we had that, that network thing, you know, you have to go to mm -hmm. network. I mm -hmm. don't know how it works now, but back then, it was at ABC in the big corporate offices, and mm -hmm. uh, oh, I went through that so many times before Mr. Belvedere. Mm -hmm. But um, everybody has to approve you. Everybody mm -hmm. has to approve you, but at our network uh, audition, Bob Uecker was there, and he was attached, mm -hmm. and Christopher Hewitt mm -hmm. was there, and he played Mr. Belvedere. Okay, and so I, wait, before you go further, um, because I, I don't want to keep him waiting any longer, who's our friend who asked about Mr. <clears throat> Hewitt? Gary Collins. Gary Collins. Another Gary. Um, so what was it like working with him? I knew Christopher from before. Oh. He had directed me in a musical, also in Paramus, New Jersey. Um, That's crazy. A musical called Over Here. Did you ever I, see Over yeah, Here? Uh -huh. So, yeah, we did a production of Over Here in New Jersey, and he was the director, so I had known him for years. Wow. And it was so great. Oh, there he was, and he was auditioning as well. He wasn't connected. He wasn't oh. attached. Only Euchre was attached to the show. Did they have you do a chemistry read with, with, Bob. with both of them? Oh, just with Okay. And that was like... Instant. Really? Instant. He's so cute. He just, we just fell in love with each other. Aww. It was like he said, you were the only one that could give it back as good as I gave. Because he's funny, funny, yeah, and yeah. he loves to, he loves shtick, and he loved to banter and everything, and he didn't intimidate me, Bob. Mm -hmm. He just wasn't that kind of guy. And uh, so I had my network audition, and that was that. That was that. Easy. Okay, so how does life, I'm assuming that And Christopher's life, great. Christopher yeah. was great. So much to learn from him. He was such a great director mm. and such a prepared and thoughtful and wonderfully funny but kind and generous actor. I just adored him. Was the whole set that way? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm assuming that that's, a, that's another... Life changer. There you go. Big life changer. I mean, the biggest network, one. Network TV. Yeah. You're now yeah. recognized and going. Yeah. So how does your life... Are you a mom yet? Yeah. You're a mom. Yeah. So how does your life... How does your life change when all of that's going on? You know, the truth of the matter is my life didn't change very much except 
there was um, a little more money and and so we were able to get the help that we needed mm -hmm. in the house mm -hmm. but my daily life didn't change all that much because when you do um, a family sitcom multi oh, the kids have to go home well, the kids go home. It just was a very normal, it just felt normal. Your hours weren't crazy? Hours were normal. We yeah. were in at 10 in the morning. We were out by 4 or 5 in the afternoon. So I always took wow. my daughter to school in the morning. Wow. Ben worked at home. He was always able to pick her up mm -hmm. from school in the afternoon. Um, you're with kids all day. You know, your job is to be funny. And everybody, we had no crazy people on our show. Everybody wow. was like a normal, plain, super plain person. So it just was like going to work at Macy's or, you know, bet much better than going to work in an office that I did once. It made me completely crazy. We but didn't talk about that if you had to have real jobs in your life. Not, as, not as a professional. I had a couple of jobs when I was a student. Mm -hmm. But uh, my life, my daily life didn't really change all that much. We, would, we were on an amazing schedule. You know, you work three weeks and you have a week off. Mm -hmm. And you have your hiatus. You have those months off when you're not working at all. So uh, it just was like normal. And we were never a number one show with the kind of enormous fast fame that comes to people. Mm. Like the people that were on Friends. It's like right. one day there were nobody and then all of a sudden they can't walk down the street. Right. We never had that. Mm -hmm. Bob had that because he was very he was famous from his Miller right. commercials mm -hmm. and from being on Johnny Carson. Mm -hmm. He had he couldn't go out. Mm -hmm. He couldn't go out in public. Wow. Because people would just be on him. Wow. He couldn't he'd never been to a mall. Wow. He couldn't go to the movies. Mm -hmm. He had a few restaurants where he felt safe. Wow. He was really famous. But for the rest of us, we were just like working folk. Mm. And, it, and it was perfect for someone with my personality. How was it being like the celebrity mom? You know, like going to the function at school. And, you know. Well, you have to understand we're in LA. So there's other celebrity moms. So it was just normal. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was, yeah. everybody, everybody was doing something. Yeah. Every, you know, Lori Metcalf was a mom at our school. So, you know, what's mm. the, yeah. that was absolutely irrelevant. Mm -hmm. Did your daughter under? Okay, now your daughter's in showbiz. Yeah. So at, where did it start for her? Like, when did that become her path? And she, that's what she knew what she wanted to do. Um, well, my, it was funny. When she was little and people would recognize me, she didn't like it very much. She didn't like it at all. Like, we'd go to Disneyland, and I would think, well, nobody's going to recognize me. Oh, who am I? I'm nobody. And then people would come over and, like, all of that stuff. She didn't like that at all when she was little. It's my mom, <laughs> which was so cute. Um, she always could dance. She's a dancer. Okay. So from her littlest, littlest self, mm -hmm. two years old or whatever, she could always dance. Mm -hmm. And we sensed that that was her, her thing. Mm -hmm. That was going to be her thing. And um, from a very, very young age, I was saying before that she always knew she was going to live in New York. Mm -hmm. And she, one day she's like four or something, and she's standing on her toes, on her little baby toes, saying, is this how a real ballerina does it? Wow. <laughs> so um, she, kind of, she was kind of on that path, mm -hmm. that dance path. And um, she went to uh, 
we always had a lot of music and there was always shows and stuff going on at school and whatever that she mm -hmm. was always involved with. She sang the Los Angeles Children's Chorus. Oh, wow. She got to be in the operas at mm. the music center and she had some wonderful, wonderful experiences. And then... Um, Did she ask you to help her do that? Like, was she... In like, I'm, I'm assuming you guys didn't, like, take her hand and walk her in there. Oh, no. It no. was of her. Oh, well, the, the, the stuff that was kind of training-y, mm -hmm. like the children's chorus, Los Angeles mm -hmm. children's chorus, mm -hmm. we were very strongly in favor of. Okay. The musical training, and they're still in existence, and they are fabulous. Mm -hmm. um, the musical training they get is great. The vocal training they get is great. The discipline, the response responsibility, mm -hmm. it's just... And they get these amazing performance opportunities. Um, but when she was little, she wanted an agent. She said, I want an agent. I said, I'm not taking you on auditions. When you're old enough to drive, you can get an agent. And she really wasn't happy with me at all that I just didn't buy into that, mm -hmm. that thing. I wasn't going to be driving on the 405 for some commercial audition. You know? um, so, um, but she was always talented. She was always good. She, her, her, she could sing her pitch is immaculate mm. you know there just were things that she could do and good genes no, no matter how many times we have a joke in the family no matter how many times i i would say pediatrician calling dr dinka <laughs> <laughs> she is, it just it, it wasn't yeah. it wasn't it, it's who she is so how how did her success manifest because she's had success already mm. so uh did it happen did it happen easily for her as well um, or seemingly easy, easily. Uh, her her career trajectory was very different from ours. Um, show business is much bigger now than it used to be. Mm -hmm. You know, the competition now is you can't just sort of walk in because your friend is this and they're only seeing four people and so you get the job. That just doesn't it doesn't exist anymore. Mm -hmm. So um, when she she trained at Boston, she went to Hamilton High School here in Los Angeles, mm -hmm. which is at the time, and, and still is, a fantastic uh, training program. It's a, uh, it was a magnet school, mm -hmm. so kids from all over the city would go there. They did two major, major musicals a year, mm -hmm. professional level, mm -hmm. everything, just top class. And she went to a camp in the Catskills called Stage Door Manor. Know it very well. And my brother, did you ever see my brother's movie, Camp? Which was about no. Okay, so well, you gotta watch it. Oh my God, yes, Samantha, camp. we have to watch. You gotta watch this movie. Um, he made a movie about when Matthew, because Matthew Broderick and Sarah, they all went to that. Everybody to stage went. Door. Natalie Portman, yeah. Josh Charles, um, Bryce Dallas Howard. I mean, Bryce Dallas Howard. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the list of people that went uh, to to camp was just yeah. crazy. So he made a movie. Well, about when did camp. he make the movie? I would say it's maybe. 15 years ago okay. or something, but it's a cult, wow. huge cult movie. Oh, you would love it, especially oh, since you spent a lot of your childhood <laughs> in the mountains. Yes. You'd love it. Um, so, oh, so she went to camp, and it just was phenomenal experience, a lot of hardcore training, and mm -hmm. they put on a million shows, right. and they're always running around crazy with all the crazy people. And then she went to Boston Conservatory and got her BFA and trained and went to the city and started auditioning for things and just did it happen quickly for her um i would say pretty much yeah she just sort of 
Uh, what was she auditioning for at the beginning? Was she doing commercials as well? No, she really hasn't. It was staged. Yeah, staged. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. she um, she got her equity card doing a youth theater tour of Susicle, which that version of Susicle eventually played off Broadway. Oh wow! That she got to do, and they recorded a new cast album that she's on Aww. of that of that version of Susicle. And she she worked at uh, Paper Mill Playhouse in New Jersey. She did a couple of shows there. She did. Um, she's worked at the Long Wharf. She worked on Sag Harbor. At, uh, she's. I mean, she's just. And what was her first Broadway break? What what happened? Her first her? Broadway show was um, Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. She was doing Peep Show in Las Vegas. She was a showgirl in Las Vegas. Uh, Peep Show was an equity show in Las Vegas. Wow. So she was doing that, mm-hmm. and um, she had auditioned for the workshop in New York of Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. And she got the workshop and did the workshop while they were on... For, you know, it's so complicated what happened with Peep Show. Now I don't remember, so I won't even go into it because I'll, I'll say it wrong. <laughs> And what's the point of that information? So she got the workshop of Women on the Verge, mm-hmm. and then she got the show. And although the show was not successful on Broadway, it was, uh, what an experience. I mean, Patti LuPone, Brian Stokes Mitchell, Sherry <sighs> Renee Scott, Rachel Bay Jones, um, all these incredible, Justin Guarini, uh, what an experience. What oh. an amazing experience for her. You know, talk about crying when you see your kid. She's on the original cast album. Oh, and it's my like, God. We would just sob. Oh. We would just sob through the show. Yeah. And and recently you did something together. Yes. Yeah, we, we were invited by 54 Below, um, which is a really wonderful club in New York. They had a duets series that they were doing, so they invited us to participate. They said, would you and Nika put a show together so you could be part of our duet series? And I, forgetting that my child was not 12 years old, said, of course we'll do that. And then I said, oh my, I didn't even ask her. (laughs) So I called her up. I said, I just said yes to do something without asking you. Is that okay? She said, what is it? And she said, oh, no, yeah, definitely. So we put this show together. Um, She does... Solos, I do solos. We sing together. There's a lot of funny stuff, and then we did it here in um, Jan- this past January, year ago January at Vitello's, and uh, looking for more performance opportunities for our show. And so there, you hear it. You've heard it here. <laughs> so, I don't know about first, but you hear it here. So let's so bring those yeah. opportunities. So okay, so so and you're also an author. How did that happen? Well. Donna Rosenstein is a fantastic casting director. She's now like the head of casting for Amazon. Wow. So she found Rachel Brosnahan. And, wow. you know, she's, she's great. She was also big in casting at ABC when I was doing a lot of stuff at ABC. And, but she was roommates with Cousin Lori at uh, SUNY Birmingham. Bur- uh, what's the name of it? Uh, uh, I, I know you know where you're going. I, I know you. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, not purchase, not, not Stony Brook. No, my brother um, went to purchase SUNY um, B. It's with uh, a B. Yeah, It'll come to uh, me. Yeah. It's in there. So they were there. They were very close friends, and I've known Donna her whole life. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nika was doing a show in Anaheim Hills. I mean, what a schlep. Mm-hmm. So Donna, we, we went. Uh, you know, 
people, you know, they go see your kid in the show. Mm -hmm. And we're sitting, eating, got a bite to eat before the show, and we're talking about all these, about being a mom and being a mom in show business and about how we're not as savvy as the other moms. You know, we don't, we weren't part of the mommy world. We Mm -hmm. were part of the show business world. Mm -hmm. And um, she was telling me a story about how she didn't know that you have to order the hamburgers first for to bring to the class party and and it, it came to be like why do all were you were you ridiculed you showbiz moms not really <laughs> only in our own minds Aww. but it was how do all those others other mothers know what do those other mm-hmm. mothers know and we said what the other mothers know what the that could be a book mm-hmm. what the other mothers know and so, um, over what's time, the what's the the rest of that title? I can't even remember. It was so I, long. It, it's like it's yeah. long, and it was a long time okay. ago. So Donna and I mm-hmm. um, were partners, and we had a I love third that you partner. Don't even know the name of the book. <laughs> I don't. It was very long. Yeah. The subtitle was really mm-hmm. long, but okay. it was something. I, I you know again I would be yeah. lying if I said I remembered, well, and I try I not to do that. So <laughs> um, Michelle Gendelman was our third partner. She was a TV writer. She was very very funny, mm-hmm. and uh, we made a book. We made a book, and we got a publisher, and it was published, and we were in stores. We were in the window at Barnes and Noble on Broadway in the eighties. You know that story. I do. It's right by my mother's house. She lives yeah. a few blocks so away. It was, uh, That's exciting. It was. It was. It was great. It was a great experience. Did your parents live to see your success? Uh huh. Yeah. Mm. My mom died very young of cancer, oh, but sorry. she. Um, but I was already on TV, and uh, Nika was already born, so. Oh, see, yeah. the title's only what the other mothers know oh. on, on, on my thing. But you also did South Pacific with Glenn Close and Harry Conn. I, I was Nellie Forbush in high school. Were you? Yes, in high school. Did but you have so much fun? I, yes, because I got to wash my hair, except my eye makeup. Did you have a short hair? Yeah, no, I had a bun. But, oh, you had a bun. But, but How did my you wash eye makeup. Hair with a bun? Well, no, I didn't wear a bun when I washed my hair on stage. They had a real shower. They yeah. made a shower, but my eye makeup all ran, and oh. I didn't know. And on opening night, so you had like. So I had black when I was singing. I'm gonna wash that man, and everyone was laughing, and I didn't know why. I thought they thought I was adorable, and it wasn't. And, then, I got you, backstage. and then you came backstage, and you <laughs> yeah, said, and I, and I "Why do crying? I look like Pierrot?" Yes. And then I started <laughs> crying, and then I had to like clean it up really fast. But you did it with Glenn Close and Harry Connick. Oh my God! Right. What What's it like right? to work with with right that cast? You know, it was so crazy. They, it was, we did it in Australia, so most of the cast was Australian. They brought mm. a few Americans over. Mm-hmm. I mean, the big stars, Harry right. and Glenn, and um, uh, a couple of uh, other people. And Lori Tan Chin, who played Bloody Mary, mm-hmm. who was on, who's on Orange is the New Black, mm. um, and I. Mm-hmm. And that was it. Everybody else was Australian. Um, How long ago was this? Oh, God. 20 years ago. Okay. Yes, yeah, a long, a long time, time ago. But it, it's it's a memory that mm. I really have. It was amazing. It was huge. It was gigantic, this movie. We had real vintage World War II planes. We had oh a real God. landing strip. We had Patrizia von Brandenstein was our uh, designer the, our scenic designer, and she had done won an Oscar for Amadeus. So everything was perfect. Everything wow. was beautiful. We pre-recorded the music in Sydney. So it was like all the things that you want. And I got to work with Harry, and who's like, it's so extremely cute. Mm-hmm. 
and Glenn, and it was like, it, it's like we were in summer camp. Aww. It was really like we were in summer camp. Was it, was it, were they easy and part of the... Ugh, easy. Easy. That it. was an easy audition. Really? Because everybody was in Australia. We mm -hmm. were on our way to a party. I think it was like Mother's Day or Father's Day or something. And my agent says, can you go on Sunday and sing a cappella for the director of the movie, Dick Pierce, who's going to be in town for a day. And, and that's going to be your audition. I said, a cappella? He said, yeah, they're just, yeah, that's the what way What did you is. sing? Do you remember? I don't remember what I sang. I was, maybe Ben will remember. I don't remember. Mm. So we go into this office. They had office, rented an office. And I sit down and I and chat. You know, I mean, I had qualifications. Of it's not course. like I couldn't sing. Mm -hmm. But they just wanted to get a sense of who you were because it had to be somebody that you could believe was Glenn's boss because mm -hmm. I played her boss. Mm -hmm. I sang a couple of lines and they said, and he said, thank you. And then the next day they said, okay, you're going to Australia. I said, okay, I'm packing my bags. <laughs> wow. And we stayed in beautiful apartments and we were on the beach and it was a it was a fairy tale. It was just a fairy tale, and we got to do that, those songs mm. and Rodgers and Hammerstein and like acting, like there was <laughs> acting. Like I acted <laughs> with acting. Glenn Close. I like had acting. Wow! Like it was great. It was great. I loved it. That's pretty thrilling. Yeah. Is there anything that you haven't done that you you've done a lot? Is there anything that that's that is out there that hey one day I. Yeah. So I have three things on my bucket list. Okay. The first one is I want to do another Broadway show before I die. Okay. The second one is I want to sing with a symphony orchestra because I've mm. never done that. And I want to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie. Oh! <laughs> you know, that one we might be able to pull off. I know a couple of that's people. That's what everybody says. They say, oh, that's not hard. You, it's hard to get in a Hallmark Christmas movie. Okay, it's so hard. Michelle Samet, I'm talking to you. Gregory <laughs> Cope White, I'm talking to you. He does Christmas movies for Netflix, so maybe you can adjust your I, dream. You know, it's like okay, somebody needs a grandma, right? Like there's grandmas in all those stories. Okay, Greg, I could be I Michelle, could be a Hallmark grandma. Can I be your boyfriend in it? Yes. Okay. And then wait, I know someone else, and and Nicole, uh, and Nicole also has does Hallmark stuff. So all right, I got some people. And the, and the Hallmark. Offices are really close to my house okay. in Studio City, easy. and I drive by and I go. <laughs> why is that one of your? Why is that on your bucket list? Okay, so after the election, mm -hmm. I needed something to ground me, mm -hmm. and we I all... discovered Hallmark Christmas movies where there's always a happy ending, and everybody's really pretty, <laughs> and there's snow, and the stories are really easy to follow. And everybody's so sincere. And I just started watching those movies and I got completely addicted. Wow. And then I found out I was not alone. Everybody, there was a story in the New York Times about how people became addicted to Hallmark Christmas movies. After this election? After the election in 2016, it was, they had an explosion of popularity. Wow. And, uh, and I just, I, every night I would watch a Hallmark Christmas movie. I can't. I I know nothing of this. This is. Oh, wow. you gotta watch them. 
If you're sad. For a Jewish girl can, like, this is your thing. Is it Please. Ju- yeah. Jewish has nothing to do with it. It's about snow, and then snow. and then everybody, the leading ladies are all either party planners or uh, interior decorators. Or they so they have, have great clothes. They have beautiful clothes, and they work in these wonderful professions, and they all start out in the city, and then they realize that and then for some reason they have to go to someplace in the country. There's there's a reason. It's like baby boom. That's either, one of my favorite movies no, of all time. You know, either the grandmother is sick or something, or the car breaks down. So so the guy that they they the the fiance in the city a, who's a, like a money guy. And he's a shit, power. right? He's a shit. He has or, to be a shit. Oh or maybe just shit adjacent. <laughs> So then she has to go to the country where she meets this guy who sometimes is a widow with an adorable six-year-old or some guy that she went to high school with and... You're nailing it. It's absolutely shit adjacent. Right? My fa- that's my favorite right? moment yeah. of this show. And they <laughs> always find out that the guy from their old hometown, or the guy in the country he's in the, the plaid one. shirt and the jeans, it's Sam Shepard. He's the one. He is Sam Shepard. He's the country but doctor. But less complicated than Sam Shepard. In Baby Boom, he was so simple. I don't know if I ever saw Baby Boom. (gasps) If you like Hallmark Christmas, Diane Keaton. Diane Keaton goes back. She goes to the country and she creates baby food. Oh, oh, come on! So every Hallmark movie (laughs) sort of follows, but they're nicely written and and they're soothing. They're just soothing. All right. Well, this is a big pitch, and And they have have nice actors in them. <laughs> and they all have snow, and they and they, they always the have they, and they always have a snowball fight, <laughs> right? They always have a snowball fight. You watch these people? Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. right, Peter. Where have I been? She's out of the loop. I'm out, out of the out loop. Of the I need to watch a Hallmark. And they go skating, <laughs> and then the town skating. always has a big Christmas tree decorating contest <laughs> or a party, and they wear nice. Coats with beautiful scarves. It's so cozy. It's cozy. So, yeah. And the houses are decorated because it's Hallmark. Yep. So they all uh, have those beautiful Hallmark ornaments. Oh, of course. Bows and lights and everything. And, <laughs> and they managed to decorate the house overnight. Mm-hmm. I, when I used to decorate my house, it would take me a week. I don't do it anymore because I don't have a little kid at home. Mm-hmm. But um, I just love those Hallmark movies. All right, well, we've, we've done a good pitch for that. We have a few people watching who can make that happen. So we're going to... All right, so Pete, it's time for us to talk to people at home and people at home, people out in Cyberland on the Facebook. They and, might be at home. And they could be at home. They, they could, could be at work. They could doing be sitting their work. on their phone at a takeout waiting right? for food. That's right. We don't know. They could they be could anywhere. Be, they could be at In-N-Out. They could be... I want In-N-Out. I want they could burger. be at El Pollo. You know, I called El Pollo Loco one night for delivery. <clears throat> we wanted El Pollo Loco delivery. They deliver? Well, Seamless or somebody picks up the Oh, right, right. And they get a call from El Pollo Loco and they say, we ran out of chicken. No, that has happened oh. to me at least five times. Are you kidding no, me? No, they run out of chicken. I said, you have one job <laughs> is to have chicken. That's right. They run out of chicken a lot over here in La Cañada. They run I'm out so of chicken. I'm so happy to know. Oh. Now I won't take it personally. You no, know, don't take it personally. Okay. It's Okay, so Pete, okay. What, we have questions? Uh, we got a couple, yeah. Um, someone, uh, Sharon uh, Rothberg is asking, is it... The Wick or Crest Theater? Oh, the Crest. 
the Crest Theater. Beautiful, beautiful theater. Um, it was a high school, and they redid uh, one of the, uh, like the concert hall or whatever in this high school, and turned it into this beautiful vintage-looking theater, about 500 seats, something like that. Mm -hmm. And it's got a big stage and nice lighting and mm -hmm. nice sound. And it was just, it was wonderful. I loved it there. Do you do, do you do theater here? Do you like? I haven't done theater in a really long time. Mm. Um, do I you did, miss it? Yeah, I do. I did a play a year ago, or and change in mm. Palm Desert. Mm -hmm. My friend Lloyd Schwartz uh, wrote a play for character play, and asked me to be in the play. And we it was called Dinner at Five, and um, we did it in Palm Desert, and it was a blast. Mm. It was so much fun. It was really good. I interrupted Pete. Oh, uh, uh, by the way, um, uh, David Pincus says hello. 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 Harriet um, is on the line too, watching. Hi, Harriet. Um, Laura Frost, she says, I love Robin Williams, such a legend. What is one thing you miss about Robin Williams? That incredible energy and the intelligence. The energy, while it was manic, mm. was never misdirected. Wow. His brain was so smart, and he would see the comic possibilities in anything, mm. in anything. And his, his intellect was so strong that he was able to instantly see something, dissect it, analyze it, and make it funny fast. Again, fast. Mm. And there was something so magical about watching mm. that happen, mm. and I don't... I don't follow a lot of comedians. Now I will follow you, of course. <laughs> I don't follow a lot. Although I do love comedians in cars getting coffee. Yes. Yeah, love, love it. And it has opened us up to learn about a whole bunch of comedians we didn't know about. But I don't know how many people are as smart as Robin Williams and could mm. figure out yeah. the ins and outs of a joke yeah. the way that he could. Yeah. Do you have more questions? I do. Uh, did you know of Chris's death 18 years ago from diabetes? Did I know about it? Yeah. Yeah, of course I knew about it. Uh, we were unfortunately out of the country and weren't able to attend his funeral. And it's one of the one mm. of the sad things that I still feel bad about. Um, losing him was was tough. It was really tough because mm -hmm. he was larger larger than life and occupied such a huge space in my life that for that to be gone yeah. was left a big hole. Yeah. Yeah. Lynette. Um, Lynette. Hi Lynette. My Lynette. Your Lynette. Hi Lynette. Our, our Lynette. Your, our Lynette. Our Lynette. Another question just came through. Jeff mm -hmm. Berry. Uh, let me see. How did you get along with the kids on Mr. Belvedere? Fantastic. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I still think of them as my, mm. again, my, my children once removed. Mm -hmm. um, it's really cool to play someone's mom because to this day, if I ask them to do something, they have to do it. <laughs> yeah, right. It doesn't matter. I feel like, and they're, you know, can you do this for me? Yeah, yeah, okay, fine. Doesn't matter that they're, you know, Rob has got college-age daughters. And in fact, I'm having lunch with Tracy, who played my daughter next week. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they were, they're spectacular mm. people, just, Smart, really smart. It doesn't really always grounded. go that way, so no. that's really lovely. And you know, we were extremely protective of them mm. on the show, Bob especially. Nobody got away with anything. 
Mm. He was he was all of our dad, mm. mine included. He was considerably older than me. Mm. He was all of our dad. Mm. And if anybody had a problem or just wanted someone to hang out with her, he was always there. For Isn't that lovely? Us. Yeah. Oh, my, my, what a guy. Hi, so lovely. Um, Gary asked if you knew of Chris's death from diabetes. I oh, we just we just talked about. Oh, wait, yeah, okay. Oh, I'm, <laughs> see, I, I was reading and I missed that thing. Oh, yeah, the hole in your life. I but heard. Whole, I, you I, see, I, I heard the. When you're an interviewer, and I've done many interviews, yeah. I've been on that side many, many times. And when you're interviewing someone, you're listening to what they're saying, but your mind is clicking along to three or four questions down the road. Well, so. but I, actually, I don't do that. I, oh, I do don't? stay present, but I was, no, I was reading when you were talking. I heard your answer, but I didn't hear the question, so reading I didn't know who can, you were talking reading about. Reading can be dangerous. Reading is dangerous. Yes. Especially, I but I, I, no, but I'm trying to make sure that we address everybody who has something to say to you. Okay. Film the next one in Wrightwood, starting, oh, Karen's oh, Karen? saying, yeah, Karen's <laughs> saying, yeah. And and uh, um, Sharon was saying that she's played wherever you were talking about, I guess, Oh, at the Crest. Oh, yeah. In the Crest Theater. It's a wonderful place, right, Sharon? Um, well, Eileen, you've lived a life that I hope my daughter gets to have a taste of. Well, there's no reason for her not to. You know, there, there's... Um, it, it, whether... I strongly believe, and I've been an advocate for a long time in arts education. I believe in it with all my heart, and I've done so much to try to bring people's attention to it. Your daughter has had a fantastic arts education, mm -hmm. and whether all these kids that I've known through all the years my daughter was in school, or the people that I've taught, or whatever, whether you become successful in show business or not, mm -hmm. or decide, you know, it's not for me, there is nothing like an arts education to prepare you for life. Mm -hmm. You learn so many life skills that are important, not the least of which is teamwork mm -hmm. and reaching a goal and the steps that you have to take in order to get a finished product. In the arts, we start with nothing and we end with something. Mm -hmm. So um, I think your daughter stands a really excellent 100% chance of having a very successful life. I love that. Thank you so much. and and. I love the fact that you've been successful in so many areas, not the least of which... Oh, I forgot which... to tell you about our... We did a, a CD years ago, mm -hmm. but um, talking about making a song your own. Mm -hmm. My husband and I took Broadway show tunes and arranged them as lullabies. Mm. Grammy nominated. Grammy How did we not get to this? Grammy nominated. I want. I'd like you to have one. Oh, and thank Peter. you. So it's called Babies oh. Broadway Lullabies, yep. Broadway lullabies. and it's Broadway show tunes done for babies. Done as lullabies. So a song like Tomorrow, you would never think of. Tomorrow, too much mm. loud at the top of Andrea's I hate that lungs. Song. You'll love it on here. Will you wow. sign these with the wrapper off? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I thought you just said, well, you sang these. And no, I was like, I was, I, I was saying it. Okay, so, I, you know, I said on, on Facebook, I gave a tease to see if I could get you to sing a note or two before we go. Well, there you go. Tomorrow. That's not what the song sounds like. <laughs> what, and I always tell people, don't play it in the car because it will put you to sleep. <laughs> how, how was that to be nominated for a Grammy Award? Oh, it was surreal. Oh. Mm. It, it, you know, you nominate yourself, first of all. Oh, do you? Yeah, and you go through like this process, and you have to get people to 
um, vote for you. Vote for you, and mm -hmm. then and then you find out who's on the short list. Mm -hmm. So then you're on the short list, and then the nomination. Well, first of all, the Grammys has fourteen thousand categories. It's not like we were nominated for album of the year. Right. But, but for children's mm -hmm. for children's music, um, I've never been nominated for anything. I've never won an award. You know, never. And so to 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 be recognized by people who know a little mm. bit about that world was just like, they listened to our CD and they liked it. And you got to go to the Grammys. Yeah, <laughs> we went and got an outfit. I went to Lomans, remember Lomans oh, at the God, Beverly yes. Center? Yeah. Right? Well, and, I went to the one in New York. But, well, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. Lomans, but there was a great Lomans like right by um, the Beverly Center. Mm -hmm. And I go in to buy, because yeah, I'm not gonna buy a gown. So I went in there and, and Weird Al Yankovic and his <laughs> wife were also there because he was also nominated. Oh, for I love it. She was looking for an outfit. I was looking for an outfit. And we just started, we started talking. And we said, do you believe we're Lomans looking for an outfit for the Grammys? I love it. She said, well, you know, we're plain people. I said, and we're, we're Jewish. Plain, and we're, and we, we're plain old people. So. <laughs> That's where Jews go to get the clothes. There you go. Eileen, thank you so much for thank joining us. Thank you for us. having me. It, it, was was it was really fun. It thank was you. Wonderful. And thank you, Peter. Yes. So, thank you. And so look out for Baby's Broadway Lullabies. I think it's it's on CD, Baby. It's and, on it, and it's also a fundraiser for Broadway Cares, Equity mm. Fights, AIDS. Oh. It's on it's on that that website, and that's where most people have bought the have bought the CD. We've Fantastic. been on the website since the CD came out, and it's raised thousands of dollars for Broadway Cares. So that's, that's fabulous. And if anybody uh, needs help from the Actors Fund, Eileen, somebody you want yeah. to talk to about that. And if you know somebody who knows somebody who knows Eileen, <laughs> you could possibly take her class. Her workshop. So, but we'll, we'll or get talk. her a Hallmark movie, mm. one or the other. There, or get <laughs> yes, or get her a Hallmark movie. Greg, Michelle, come on, Nicole, you guys. Thank you so much. And Thank we're gonna, you. It was such a joy. Next week, where I'm, I'm trying to think where we. What's what's the date next week? Um, we were supposed to have someone who oh, canceled. Yes, yeah, so Elliot Gould canceled on me. Elliot, uh, I'm I'm I'm. He said yes to me twice. Canceled on me twice because his manager doesn't want him to do it. But maybe in time. But, uh, but next week we have James Morrison, who is on 24 and on a ton of mm. television shows. And cool. he is fantastic. And He's a good he's, guy? He is the best guy. He has an incredible amount of, uh, of recovery. We're, we're both 12-steppers, and he's got an incredible spiritual path. He's a beautiful man. He's a, a singer-songwriter. He's soulful and handsome and fabulous. We like all those things. We like all those things. Yeah. And July so, 24th through the 28th. And what's happening on July 24th? We'll be headlining the Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. Come around and say hello. Please, you I are? Bring, I come on. Oh my God. Well, yeah. so tell us. July 24th through the 28th, I will be headlining the Grand Hotel in Las Vegas. And, and that's wonderful. That, and amongst other things, and I just checked my phone, I am going to be in a Hallmark Christmas movie. No, oh, you lie. He you lies. lie. We'll um, be in it together. But you can write one. You I can write, write one. Sure, I could. I've watched enough. I should be able to, right? You know who I met? Who? Autumn Reeser. Do you know Autumn? She does Hallmark movies. She is so nice. She's beautiful. And she sings like an angel. She's a beautiful singer. Yeah. Let's talk more do, about do, Hallmark yeah. Do they sing in Hallmark movies? No. No, no they no. don't sing. No, but she's okay. I know, I know her from singing things. Oh, from, all right. Well, so there's that. <laughs> yes. So uh, anyway, so we'll see you next week. Congratulations. And on Vegas. Yes. That's yes. So cool. And then following uh, James Morrison the week after, we have Fred Willard. Yay. 
And there oh. aren't too many people on the planet that I love more than Fred. Mm. From so, Cleveland, too. From, is he from? That's right. He's, he's got that car accent, too. That's right. Fred's got that car. So anyway, so we'll see you next week. And thank you again, Eileen. Thank and you. Thank you, Pete, so much. See you next. See ya.